This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you v- say tires? Vive Clouteau. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since what people think we sound like up here you know i've always i've always pondered what people think we sound like in the northwest because i don't detect any sort of northwest accent it's there maybe but do people in the south go y'all ever hear them people of the northwest they sound so stupid wow that's pretty offensive um yeah i think to whom yeah it's it's a mix of like californian and like Eastern Oregon. I think that's like what Portland Eastern accent. Oregon? Yeah, if you've been in Eastern Oregon enough, you can see there's a little bit of like a drawl to it. Like kind of people talk like this. Talk a little bit slower. Yeah, that's it's just an slower. outsider. That's it's, a, yeah. it's, like, it's like halfway in the tub of Southern. Just kind of... I don't know. You go up north. My, my dad has a couple little things that, that identify him. He calls a creek a crick. Oh, that's a uh, what? well. It's an it's an Olympic Peninsula thing. Everybody does it up there. Everybody up on the peninsula. He grew up in Port Angeles or near Port Angeles. Everybody up there calls it a crick. A couple other things that they do up there, but they're also uh, Canada adjacent, and you can get the uh, Victoria stations. They'll do the boot whole thing, but the the Western Canadians don't sound all that different from we do. But I don't think we have any big identifiers. Well, Souk does that weird thing where when he says pillow, he says pillow. Pello? Yeah, it's Palo. My wife has a thing with uh, Hill and Pill. She'll do uh, uh, a little weird pronunciation with it that I can't even understand. She does like heel. Tell her to change. You She's say, from you Las Vegas. Ch- you need to change that. Oh, I've told her. I'm like, you need to stop doing that or yeah. this is over. Yeah. Like, Obviously. Th- this is not okay. This is a severe problem <laughs> in our relationship that you yeah. need to fix. This, this is really putting a strain. Actually, geez, strain. We have a. 13th wedding anniversary coming up. I think things are going all right. Actually. You guys have been married for 13 years? Uh, Yeah, on Monday, I Oof. think. Yeah, which means probably need to go shopping for something. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. 7-Eleven's right down the street. Well, I don't know if 7-Eleven has that. I was looking because I care. <laughs> I'm, you know. Sure. Pretty Let's good. go with that. Uh, 13th anniversary, if you do like the uh, the traditional gifts, it's lace. Lace? Lace. Guess who's getting new doilies for the dining room table? Oh. Oh, I thought you meant, <laughs> I thought you meant underwear. Well, yeah, I guess that would work too. <laughs> Oh. I was like, oh, my, cool. You're going to go buy underwear for your wife? <laughs> clearly been married 13 years when my mind went to doily. No, yes, of course I thought of underpants first. Isn't that, really? Isn't that a weird time to get somebody underwear? It's like, congratulations, we've been married 13 years. Here's some new panties. I think it's weird whenever men give their significant other whoever underwear. Oh, I, and it's only. It's strange. Yeah, and, and you're just about to get married uh yeah it's it's only a losing proposition because then you get the wrong size and it's like yeah oh i appreciate that you thought i was this size if you go too small then she's offended that you didn't know her and if you go too big then you thought she was too big yeah it's a losing it's a losing battle yeah and then you get her chaps and she gets all freaked out for some reason she actually really liked the chaps did she yeah seventh anniversary is the chaps anniversary yeah must have been a great photo (laughs) yeah that's uh just check out my instagram feed it's all on there I'm wearing the chaps, by the way. Hey, Blazers are playing tonight. Gross. What now? Game three, right? Is that it? It, it is. It's game, it's game three, and according to the Sports Center update, it's an opportunity for Portland to take back control of the series. Take back control, darn it. We need to, though, seriously, because that— Real, real quick, when did we have control of the series? We, uh, we, we had control of the series at halftime of game two, and Steve Kerr, I think, said it best, which was— we got away with that one. Well, you know what's funny is, did you watch any of yesterday's throttling uh, between the Bucks and the Raptors? I went in and out. I came in uh, second quarter, then tuned back in late in the third, and the Raptors were making a little bit of a run kind of within 10, but there was always kind of this feeling in the background like, yeah, they're going to lose. So that run that you're talking about, that was a 31-16 run in the third quarter. That's equivalent to erasing a 15-point lead. I mean, any team in the NBA is is capable of doing that. So I think the the bigger indicator of kind of the Blazers failing was I don't want to I don't want to blame CJ because he basically won us the Denver series. But dude, he needs to take better shots or make better decisions. Well, there late. needs to be right there. There needs to be an uh, I don't know I, I don't know the best word for this, but like there needs to be more kind of an equal distribution of scoring throughout the game with those two players, because it's been the case through this entire playoff series. And really throughout the entire season is that if CJ's on Dame's off, if Dame's on CJ's off and I get it, that that was kind of this moment in the fourth quarter of game two, where CJ was completely off. He was over six in the entire quarter and Dame couldn't really pick up the slack completely for it. He did hit some really big shots down the stretch, and then you had Seth Curry contributing to off the bench. But, I, I mean, both of them yeah. need to really be in sync around the same time. That's when they're best. Yeah, well, but when, yeah, when's the game this playoffs where you've seen them both score 30? Or, or is that possible in the way this offense sets up? Because, yeah, you never see where it's like, all right, here comes, there's Dame, and then CJ, and Dame again, and CJ again. How do you stop these guys? I never seen that moment. And then there's Myers. <laughs> Myers played pretty well uh-huh. on offense. Dude, they were a swinging gate yeah. on defense. That was the toughest part of that stretch. CJ had a couple opportunities where you're like, oh, he could have passed the ball there. He could have taken a better shot there. He could have tried to make a wide open three. 
But the worst part of that final stretch was the right side of the lane was a friggin' layup line. That was the toughest part for me because it's just like, oh, come on. And Myers is probably doing the right thing because he's trying to run Steph Curry off the three-point line, and that seemed to be the strategy. He did pretty well with it. There was a, a play where he goes and uh, creates a, a you know pump fake dribble up two-point shot for and and even the the commentators on ESPN go oh that's really good it doesn't look like good defense because it looks like Myers got smoked there but he turned a three-point shot into a two-point shot and for Steph Curry that's great that's great defense and, he, and they said that's probably what he's supposed to do and then right from there it turned into just Draymond Kevon Looney Kevon 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 Looney Kevin dunk. no it's not oh it's not no oh it's definitely not Kevin thought I heard somebody pronounce it as Kevin. Yeah, that's a mispronunciation. Might have been me. Kayvon. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, that, I, I mean, I know that people were kind of getting pissed off at that strategy and saying, why are we letting him score? But uh, by the, by <laughs> the way, we only lost by two. Uh, three. Three? 114-111. Four? No, no, no. That's three points. Uh, but I really do go back to what Steve Kerr was saying is I, I, I think they did really get away with that game. I mean, the fact that you were up by 15 at the half and then there was just this mountain of scoring it where then they cut it into minutes. a three-point deficit, which, by the way, is still pretty good considering who you're playing. I was actually very impressed that they kept it at that three-point deficit and then it kind of oscillated between one-point lead, down by one, up yep. by two, kind of doing that. And then there was that sweet spot in the fourth quarter while when you were up by eight and it was like, Oh my gosh, I think we're going to do this. If we can just hang on for a little bit longer. What did I text message you at the start of the fourth quarter? That picture? Well, besides that. Oh, what? I said 0 0, first to 21, win by two. It was 89 89. They won by 21 plus the two. It was it was one very roundabout way to be proven right. I was, it was I'm so smart. That's my whole point is I'm the smartest. But they got to 110-111 and I was like first team to get up by 2 and and had had they made just a couple more shots or any shots. What they make one shot in the final 4 minutes, one field goal. Yeah. That's tough. But here's here's the other thing about it. The Warriors are really good. I mean, that's just Draymond Green was awesome in that game and I hate to say it because he's so unlikable, but he's really he's a really good player. He's and, smart, plays good defense. He sucks, and he's a terrible person. And they're so much more fun to watch when they don't have Kevin Durant. Mm. The oh ball movement is insane. Right. It's like watching the Spurs on steroids. Yeah. It's great. It is, yeah, and 100%. It's just you you watch a game, and you kind of go, oh, yeah, I used to really enjoy watching this team. Uh, better You Today text lines 55305. People are already weighing in on the pronunciation of words that we were having uh, earlier in the show. I know America pronounces slaw as slew, do you know whether the British say it as slew, slow, as in cow or slaw, or as in dough? I, 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 that one went extremely right over my head. Yeah, why'd you read it? I don't know because you it looked, set yourself up. It for looked kind of interesting in the beginning, and then as I got through it, I was like, "Yeah, this isn't going well." Well, I, and yeah. why are they asking us a question about, about yeah British people? Well, you're are either of us British. Your your fiance is from Wales. Yeah, that's not Britain. Whoa, dude, I got that so hard. Like some of the first times that we met, I was like, oh, yeah, you're from the UK. You know, she's like, no, it's Wales. It's like, whatever. It's the same landmass. Yeah. <laughs> you're on the same landmass. Yeah. Well, 
I guess it's the same thing though. If like somebody from another country was like, "Oh, you know, you're from Mexico," it's like, "What? No, I'm not." It's like, "Yeah, same landmass." I think you're mistaken for Canadian. Thousand miles Canadian before you're mistaken for just a guess. You know, you've been to Mexico Ah. City. (laughs) You know, Canadians. You're white. You definitely are white. You're a very, very white person. Um, did you catch the little trash talk between the brothers? Mm, the brothers Curry? The brothers Curry. This is the first time brothers have ever faced off against each other in a conference finals in NBA history. Did wow, you, seriously? I didn't know that. I know. They only said it nine times. <laughs> thousand times during the broadcast <laughs> here's one thing that we did not get during the broadcast do you have any idea what they were saying when they were talking trash about those free throws Ooh, i don't i do and i'll tell you next you listen you did the sinner and the saint on 1080 the fan all right starting the day off talking a little blazers fun wins fun does win fun wins saturday mornings with the sinner and the saint Every time, man, fun wins. Seriously, you can't beat fun. Yeah. What does fun lose to? Uh, being serious? Money. No, fun beats money. No. Yeah. Come on. 55305, does fun beat money? Fun versus money. Who you got? Because here's the thing. Fun increases with money, right? But only to a certain point. I'm going to have to go oh, to oh. a source of Mr. Biggie Smalls and say oh, no money, hey, no but, problem. Eh, only to a certain point. You get to a point where then you all you're doing is taking care of your money. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a threshold of money. There's no threshold of fun. You can't have it's, – it's impossible to have too much fun. Isn't it? No, not on this show. Wait, now I'm confused. All the fun in the world. Uh, all right, so we were talking about uh, a basketball team. They're called the Blazers. Uh, they're playing against the Warriors, also another basketball team. I mentioned that uh, Draymond Green, very good, but also terrible. One of the textures on the Better You Today text line, 55305, asked, why is he a terrible person? I'll read the exact quote. Why is Draymond a terrible person, passionate player, much rather have him than Aminu? <laughs> Duh. He's terrible because he plays for the Warriors, right? Everybody in the NBA wants that guy on their team, but everybody in the league hates him. You wouldn't take him? Do you, they? You wouldn't take him? Draymond Green might just be a symptom of a team. And I think that he's a really good kind of example. of. Uh, well, here, here's a good example of another player you might want to look at. Danny Green. Danny Green mm. is somebody on the Spurs who was considered the glue guy. The guy that if you were kind of in a scoring drought, you threw him in and he hit a couple of threes and things started swinging the other way. He went to the Raptors, and Danny Green, for the most part, has been extremely ineffective on a team like that. I, I think, for the most part, Draymond Green is a very good basketball player, but if you put him on another team, that guy is so irrelevant, it's not even funny. Draymond Green is a free agent this year. Yes. He gets signed by the Blazers. Uh-huh. What's your first reaction? Barf. Really? Yes. What? I don't Get want that guy on my team. No, I don't. Okay, a four-time NBA champion, starter, uh, contributor, uh, great defensive player, defensive player of the year caliber player. Yes, who is not in his prime anymore and will get worse every single year afterwards. And who, by the way, uh, is somebody that can't shoot a three-pointer anymore because he has a backpack full of bricks. Yet he can block every single blazer on the court. 
I don't want Draymond Green on this team because of the whole culture thing, dude. I, <sighs> I mean, so many people have been talking nationally about the fact that the Blazers probably have some of the best culture of anybody in the league right now. You throw Draymond Green into that. I mean, Draymond Green has been somebody who's been fighting back against Steve Kerr and what he's been building here in the last couple of years. There's a whole incident that yeah. happened this past season where Kerr was doing a press conference and the music was too loud in the gym when they were practicing. He goes, hey, can somebody turn that down? I'm, I'm trying to answer questions here. They did it for a second. And then you could hear Draymond Green laughing and turning up the music in the background. It's like, oh, my gosh, what a terrible guy. Well, yeah, no, but it's, Draymond's also the guy that Steve Kerr goes, I'm just going to let the players coach themselves and put Draymond as the head coach for a game. I mean, uh, yeah. 55305, five, would you, you take Draymond? Draymond over Aminu? Yeah, I think you would. I, I mean, okay, you just, you just said Draymond can't hit the three anymore. If you have Draymond on the in the corner three or you have a Minu, where's your confidence level? Yeah, even, honestly. No, really even. Yeah, he, he's that. been awful shooting this past season. Now, he made one critical three. See, um, that's what it is. It's the critical yeah. nature of it. The guy plays better when the stakes are higher. As, as much as he's been tearing this team apart – Granted, they have, you know, five all-stars on their team. But and still, it, this, is, this is a team that hasn't been knocked off the rails by Draymond Green. I think when it comes to the Warriors, there's only two guys where you can put them on different teams. Well, three. Sean Livingston. Whatever. Yeah. Three, but I I don't really consider Kevin Durant Andre any, Iguodala. anything at this point. Two dudes. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. You put them on different teams, they're still going to dominate. Um Kevin Durant does, does, will, but does, does Clay Thompson dominate? On yeah, he does. Team? Yes, he's an incredible shooter. I, he's a great defender. He puts yes. up big numbers, but does he? Okay, if you have both of these guys, let's put them both on the Toronto Raptors just to pick a together. Team. No, no, oh. no, no. They they each get that roster. They t they take Kawhi's spot, so Kawhi Leonard is not on there. Which team does better, Steph's Toronto Raptors, uh, Clay Thompson's Toronto Raptors, or or Kawhi Leonard's Toronto? Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. Uh, Toronto. I, I think park. obviously it would go Steph, Kawhi, and then Clay Thompson, and this—that's just a level of domination that you have. How, how far do they go? How far? They, oh, so Kawhi, same. So they all go to the Western Conference, yeah, Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. Oh, yeah, completely, dude. The all East right. was absolutely awful this year. I mean, that's fine. The Magic were kind of in it at one point, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Fair enough. Uh, five, five, three, oh, five better you today. Text on. I would take gray Draymond green on the blazers. That guy would elevate game and CJ, uh, much, much as I hate him, I would take him. I just, uh, I, I think it's wrong time, wrong place to take somebody like Draymond green. And to be quite honest, if you are the trailblazers, you kind of are in the market for him. You don't yeah. have as much money that you can play with in this off season to sign somebody that is, you know, like a, a higher level, you know, a top 10 guy. Um, and Draymond Green, somebody who I don't think is going to attract a lot of money because a lot of people around the league are noticing that this guy is out of his prime. He's somebody that can still play defense, but honestly, he's kind of a liability when it comes to shooting. And that's what this league is about. There's only maybe two dudes I can think of in the league right now, Ben Simmons and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who can live without shooting from long range. And even Giannis is starting to develop a three-point shot. So, uh, to me, he's kind of an older guy who plays pretty good defense who's going to get worse every single year. You kind of are in the market because I think he could set a price that would work for him. Like to think that Portland can find a guy that's more talent than Aminu and yet less jerkiness than Draymond Green. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't you know, know about that. You know, honestly. Wait, there's not a guy that's more talented than Aminu, but less of a, a, yeah. of a uh, what what did you call him, a culture misfit than Draymond, right? I mean. I, I didn't say that. No, I, I do like that. <laughs> cultural misfit. A cultural misfit. Now, you were teasing something before the break. You said yeah, that there was. was something going on with the Curry brothers. Well, yeah, no. We know what happened. They were talking trash. Well, I, I don't. Have. I didn't watch any of this. You, you didn't catch that game, too? Mm, no, nah, not really. I was really. So, uh, Steph Curry goes to the free throw line. You may have heard the stats if you're listening to the broadcast. He's made something like 70 eight free throws in a row in the fourth quarter hasn't missed a fourth quarter or overtime free throw in the playoffs since 2015. Mm. Yeah. He made something like 76 straight in these playoffs. Well, that is uh, what Steph Cur- Seth Curry was using to tra- talk trash against his brother. So when they get a little bit chippy, you've seen him going back and forth and Steph uh, steps up to the line. His brother goes up. And goes, he's made like 70 in a row. As if that's going to throw him off. Kind of would. Steph looks back and goes, it's going to be 72. And knocks down both free throws. I don't know. That would kind of throw me off. Uh, you know, there, <laughs> He's it, keeping track of his brother's free throws. <laughs> but, like, there is something about that, I bet. You know, the whole idea of shooting free throws is that, you know, you're yeah. kind of in a mindset where you're not thinking about something like that. Like, yeah. you probably don't want to think about the fact that you're setting a record right now for free throws and, uh, you know, the next yeah. miss could be the end of that. I remember Dirk Nowitzki in the 2011 um, NBA playoff season, the one they won the title, he was making something insane for th- free throws. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, dude, that would throw me off. But mentally, I'm paper when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, so there's your there's your trash talk if you're wondering it. Seth walks up and says, that's like 70 in a row. And Steph says back, about to be 72 in a row. Now, I want to I want to bring something to the table here that I hope the rest of the fans in Portland recognize is absolutely ridiculous. Please. If anybody was watching the game and has been watching any NBA coverage this past week, they will have seen a commercial that's been playing. It is a promotion for the movie Aladdin. Oh, with Steph? It features Steph Curry Mm. walking into a gym. The gym starts to morph into a, you know, cavernous obstacle, whatever. Okay. And then the lamp. Like the cave that the lamp is in? Sure, whatever. The lamp comes up, right? He Uh walks up to it. And the music and the graphics and the sound effects are all leading to this really big moment. This baba, baba, ba Walks up, he goes, you got three wishes, right? Did you see the other one? That's not even the worst one. That is the worst one. No, no, no. Hey, you got three wishes, right? Dude, why do people like this guy? The, uh, he no, is so unappealing, it's insane. The other one is yeah, worse. three wishes, yeah. Yeah, the other one is worse. And I've got another reason that he's unappealing that they just reminded me of. The other one, he's walking <laughs> through the bowels of Oracle Arena. Yeah. And the locker room looks like they just won a championship or won a series or nice. whatever. There's, there's And then the genie comes out. Everything's strewn about. And the, no, there's one old guy in there trying to clean up all the mess. Oh. And Steph looks over at him like, oh, man, sucks for you that you got to clean up my mess that I created because I'm a jerk. What a jerk. 
And then he pulls out of his gym bag the lamp, gives a little rub and tug. Wait, no, that's not the right term. Gives a little rub. And then here goes uh, the blue wisp of the genie helping this old man clean up the disgusting mess of the warriors left behind. So he took the lamp out, rubbed it, and he helped, he helped the, the, guy, old the old guy clean up the mess. See, dude, this is what I'm talking about. I, I can't find this guy appealing because of the fact that he just he skirts too much on the side of like PR wet dream. Yeah. Well, yeah. He does, dude. What I loved about Michael Jordan so much in the 1990s. Is that he hated you and he would have punched you in the face? Not only that, but the fact that he was ruthless. Mm-hmm. Like, he had a pretty good PR image and he could, you know, deal with reporters and it was okay. But when he was on the court and he dealt with any other players, he was a friggin' ruthless dude. He would just take you down and his competitiveness would pretty much outweigh everything that would ever happen to him. You could throw anything. You could throw Matumbo at him inside at his favorite spot in the corner in that little 15-foot jumper, and he would still get around it because he was so competitive. These commercials, to me, make Steph Curry look like just an actor. He's literally just a C-grade actor who that's what I transfer onto the court. You want the worst, though? What? Post-game, talking to Doris Burke. She asked about his folks. She goes, uh, oh, you know, your brother, your brother's playing, your parents, this must be tough for them. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit because I couldn't tell you exactly what the question was, but he just looks back at her and goes, yeah, they're blessed. They're blessed. Not I'm blessed. My folks, they're blessed because I'm so great. My brother's so great. Have you ever heard anybody go, they're blessed? In re- reference to being related to them? Dude, F that- off. Like, that, seriously. That was the worst. No, just F off. I'm so tired of this. Man, must dis- be cool for your folks. Yeah, they're blessed. No, I'm so tired of this disingenuous <laughs> attitude about him. I, I, I'm i serious. I understand that this guy is probably just amazingly philanthropic, and I'm sure he's done some really great stuff for his community. But this whole thing of him being, like, uh, being this symbol of, like, hey, I'm the good guy, and I'm still competing. No, I want friggin' dogs, bro. Like, I want Jordan. I want Kobe. I want LeBron in the late 2000s where he was just effing ruthless against other dudes. Like, that's what's exciting to watch. It's not this. It's not Mr. Good Guy doing the friggin' Nickelodeon Kid Choice Awards, whatever, getting slimed on. Like, get out, bro. I don't want that. I'm just tired of it. Uh, here is the better you today text line five, five, three Oh five. I'm so with you. Will Steph is so unappealing to me. I want to smack that stupid mouth out of his face. I assume, I assume he means mouthpiece. Cause that, that's the one that drives me crazy too. Yeah. The chewing on the mouthpiece. Five, five, three Oh five is the better you today text line. Why do you hate Steph Curry? Send those in and we'll get to those next. <laughs> There's another, uh, uh, matchup going on in the NBA. And uh, we've got the finalist for NBA awards. We'll do an NBA uh, bounce around, talk about thingy next. But first, gots to do the new. wishes right this is the sinner and the saint on 1080 the fan
You're so proud of that. Yes. <laughs> That's a terrible rejoin. <laughs> well done. Three wishes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're so excited about that little thing that you just set up there. Dude, I, I just... Why? We could have played that right in the middle of the segment. It would have gone a lot better. Well... Just saying. Just for future reference, we're just... Let we're, me tell you something. Tell That's me. a production move. Yeah. You draw the audience back into the next segment, referencing something from the last segment. Oh, no, no. I'm totally familiar with what you did, but we could have... We could have managed it in a different way. Uh, 55305, better you today, text line. Steph Curry is super corny. That's the most annoying thing. That's from Ryan. Yes. Yeah. Most indeed. And the most kind of aggravating part of it is, and you'll probably, if your daughters do like basketball, you'll probably get this, is that they'll absolutely love him. Yeah. And you'll have to just be like, yeah, he's great. So I went on a, a strategy. So Thursday night, is that when they played? That sounds right. Thursday, yeah. Thursday night, trying to watch the Blazers game. It was just me and the children, two-and-a-half-year-old twin daughters, and they uh, they were rambunctious, to say the least. So I'm trying to watch the game, trying to keep an eye on them. They're fighting each other. They're yelling at me. They want my full attention, whatever. So I came up with a strategy in the fourth quarter. I was like, I'm going to get so animated and excited about this game that they'll maybe get into the game as well. And it worked. And they started cheering for it. Myers Leonard hit that free throw line uh, little jumper. And uh, gave. I think that's where it went to around the eight-point lead, whatever it was. And uh, one, of the, one of the kids just goes, nailed it. And I was so proud. <laughs> it was so awesome. But then what happened is that uh, the Blazers uh, blew an eight-point lead with four minutes left. And I started dropping some profanity, and they started mimicking that. Mm. <laughs> They're total echo chambers and parrots. And everything I said, and I was like, uh-oh. Hope that clears up before mom gets home. And uh, yeah, no, it um, won't. They love those words. No, they absolutely did. But yeah, my strategy totally backfired when the uh, Blazers fell apart. So there you go. But uh, did you find the other clip that we were looking for? No, I didn't. Okay, well, not yeah, we'll have to look for that. We'll try to find the Doris Burke uh, interview, post game interview with Steph Curry, so that we can get. See, on that's it. another production thing. We can use that in the second hour to reference no, no, the first hour. I just teased it for the second hour. We'll do it, we'll do it in, in hour two when we come back to talk about the Blazers. But right now I did want to talk about some other things going on in the NBA. Uh, chief among them, the Bucks are awesome. Yes. Is it them being great or is it the Raptors being the Raptors? Uh I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, when you watch the Bucks play, kind of the whole the whole strategy that you see being put in place is like circa LeBron 09, which is uh, we have a massive forward who can drive through the hoop and who now has learned to pass and to outlet pass. We are going to go ahead and put a lot of three-point shooters around him and play solid defense. I, I mean, it's a strategy that works or at least in the NBA has worked many, many times and it's working now. The The question that you have to ask yourself now is because after these first two games, there's nothing close about this series. The Bucks are going to win it. Feels um, that way very much. So. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like the Raptors might come back and win game three, but uh, this thing should be over in five. Uh, is it enough to take on the Warriors who conceivably by about game two of the title of, or I'm sorry, of the finals will have Kevin Durant back? Well, do they have Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins? I think makes a big difference there, too. You well, look they'll at, win if they have DeMarcus Cousins. Well, I mean, yeah, you look at the death lineup with Draymond Green playing the five. I mean the Bucks. The Bucks will win if... DeMarcus Cousins comes it, back. <laughs> okay. 
I, I'd swear to you, dude, he makes teams worse. I don't know how he does it. I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily true, but, but I guess my point is Draymond is 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and he's your biggest guy on the floor a lot of times. You add two seven-footers back into the lineup with Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins, I think that makes for a more interesting matchup conversation because the the death lineup has worked against everybody or the Hamptons five, I guess, as it's moved to when you have Kevin Durant back. But that's the interesting thing is the way that the Warriors have won championships. You wonder if they'll change things up to combat the the Bucks. But here's here's the Bucks resume so far in the playoffs. They're eleven and one right now. They've won six of those games by twenty points or more. Their only losses to the Celtics, which was a, a second round matchup that we thought was going to be competitive, and it really wasn't. I mean, the Bucks. It's not. I, I think it's more the Bucks than it is the Raptors. Raptoring because because Kawhi Leonard is a completely different player. For anybody that said early on that Demar Derozan for Kawhi Leonard was an even trade, I think that's been dispelled midway through the season and certainly in the playoffs. Really? Ah. Dude, Kawhi Leonard is a consider, different kind of animal. Consider circumstances with that trade, which is that now we're very, very certain. I'll throw a 94% on it that Kawhi Leonard will not be in Toronto next season. I'm fine with that. I, but right now you have a guy that's carrying a team. He's the only thing you have to worry about when you're trying to stop the Raptors is what it feels like. Is you mean not Kyle Lowry? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> yes. Um, Dude, it is laughable how bad he gets in the playoffs. It's weird. Like, how is it that you can be so, like, B-plus grade in the NBA regular season, a guy who, uh, you know, you could probably put in the top 10 point guards in the league, and then awful in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah. Like, garbage. Hot terrible. Garbage. Like, not even worthy of putting on the floor bad. Like, mm. how do you do that? Is it the pressure? I, I don't know. Like, people feel pressure, and sometimes you can play a little bit different in it. James Harden's a great example. It seems like every time he gets put in a pressure situation, he plays a little bit worse, and it affects his team. When Kyle Lowry gets in a pressure situation, I, dude, it's like throwing me out there. In game one, he played really well until the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's definitely something in his head. I don't know what it is. Um, the awards have been announced. At least the awards finalists have been announced for the NBA. Uh, the MVP is the one that's most interesting to me because, really, I think it's a no-brainer. If you look at the NBA awards, this is the way I would do it if I had a vote, is you go, if I pick this guy, does it tell the story of the NBA season? Does that kind of make sense? You know what I mean? Like when you look back and you go, oh, how do you remember the 2018-2019 NBA season? What's the big storylines that stand out in your head? Paul George to me kind of disappeared after the All-Star break, so I don't include him. The finalists are Giannis, James Harden, uh, Paul George. Um, Paul George and Antetokounmpo also finalists for Defensive Player of the Year with Rudy Gobert. But out of those, James, and it's a regular season award, does James Harden's run, scoring run, do enough to supplant what Giannis has done to make this Bucks team a candidate to win the championship? Uh, no. And the reason I'm going to say no is because this, to me, is a circumstance, or the award is a circumstance of best player, best team. I think okay. that's what this award is this year. Only Just in, this year? Yeah. And I think only in extreme circumstances, that rule can kind of be broken. Um, in Harden's case... 
to be quite honest, I know he had a huge scoring run like early in the season, but it really fizzled out. And I'm not saying like the team fizzled out because the Rockets really performed well down the stretch, but he kind of evened out after that period of time. And I feel like with what you're saying, right, you're saying that this award should reflect the storyline of the season. I think so. I think that most people look back on NBA seasons and their memories are cemented once the playoffs are over. They take the playoffs and they go, that's what the season was. Again, there's extreme circumstances. There's Russell uh, Westbrook averaging a triple-double. I think that kind of went over everything else. Well, yeah, but that was also a storyline that hadn't been done since Oscar Robertson. And so you look at it and you go, oh, my God, that guy was a freak. But it's also, you look at it now three years later, where he's done it three years in a row, you go, okay, that was when the NBA changed and you had guys taking over like that. And you have James Harden's a perfect example of that kind of the new NBA where a guy can just be everything to his team. And now we realize, Oh, that doesn't necessarily win you championships. Mm, And that's why it's, it's, it's not something that we consider Russell Westbrook in that conversation. No. And you know, I I think I have to give it to Giannis this year. Um, I, I just, you know, this is pretty incredible that Milwaukee is so the best record in basketball. Damn close yep. to getting to a final since the 70s. That's crazy to me. And, and and I think the other thing, too, to kind of just like take a 500 foot step back and take a look at this from a macro point of view is that LeBron James has not been involved in this NBA season, really. Yeah, I, I mean. He has in a certain sense that everybody trashed on the Lakers and said, wow, what a dumpster fire. But he wasn't the overarching theme of this entire season. I think that when you look back at this 2018-2019 season, you'll say the major themes were James Harden scoring, but above all else, Giannis Antetokounmpo made the step, and now he's a premier player, and the Bucks are going to be in the NBA title. You're a huge, huge Blazers homer. Any uh, disdain for the list of Coach of the Year candidates? Uh, Mike Budenholzer, Mike Malone, Doc Rivers, no Terry Stotts. Yeah, I th- I agree with it. Yeah. I do. And, you know, this is kind of the trouble with the whole thing of the NBA regular season awards is yeah. because it separates what happens in the playoffs. I mean, if you want to be really honest right now, Kevin Durant should probably be MVP if you're going to judge off the playoffs because that guy is absolutely unstoppable. Except for when he went out, yeah. they've won every game. I, I mean, yeah. It just, if you want to do individual performance off of what's going in the playoffs, I change that list immediately and I go, it's a 1A, 1B between Giannis and Kevin Durant. Yeah, but you also have Budenholzer in there. But Durant has missed three games and the and the Warriors have not stepped back. So what have they lost one game when he's out of the lineup? In uh, the not in the playoffs. No, they haven't lost a game. Well, no, I'm sorry, overall. Like when they. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, and since he's been with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time to get to Good versus Evil, your weekly recap of what you missed in the week of sport. We do that next. This is The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the. What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. I, 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 you know, again, Patrick Peterson's awesome. You know, you want him a part of your football team. They don't exactly have, like, the greatest secondary in Arizona, but have some young guys where I go, okay, you know, 
That was a man who sounds like he's perpetually eating soup too hot for his gigantic mouth, Chris Sims. He's talking about the suspension of Arizona Cardinals DB Patrick Peterson. It was revealed this week that the Pro Bowl corner would miss the first six games of the 2019 season for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. Now, this doesn't seem to spell very bad news for the Cardinals, who are going to face really some run-heavy teams at the beginning of the season. That's the Ravens, Panthers, and Seahawks. Now that Peterson is out, could we possibly predict that the Cardinals will be the worst team in the NFL next year? Yeah, I I, I think that's fair, but it's also part uh, partly because their division's really tough. I mean, the Seahawks outperformed, I think, what a lot of people expected from them last year and became a playoff team. Uh, no reason to think they're going to take a step back. I mean, they added Ziggy Ansah on the defensive line. They added a bunch of draft picks. They turned four draft picks into like 11 or whatever they did in the draft. Seahawks are probably better. No reason to think the Rams are going to take a major step back. Sean McVay is still a genius. And if Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy, then the 49ers should be the team we expected to see a little bit last year. So if you go 1-5, and 0-6 oh in your division, that means you're a terrible football team. So probably fire their coach, probably get rid of Kyler Murray, probably draft whoever the best quarterback is again next year, and I think that'll be fun. And now you fast forward. We won back-to-back 50-game seasons. Um, you know, we, we came to a game seven. I, I think the large majority of this room, you know, didn't really give us a chance. And, and I'm not throwing that back at you. It's just the, the way it works. That was exhausted father trying desperately not to lose his patience with his children during a daddy-daughter day out, Brett Brown. The managing partner of the Philadelphia 76ers, Josh Harris, told ESPN this week that Brown will remain as head coach of the team despite losing in the same round of playoffs that, well, really, he lost last year. Was this the best move for the Sixers to not make a move? No, the best move not to make a move is somehow keep Jimmy Butler, I think, even though there's a little bit of turmoil there. I just think you need another scorer and you need to get Ben Simmons another year better. You don't think Brett Brown's the problem? No, I no, I don't think that's a problem. I think I think they're just they're still a young team. The problem is Ben Simmons needs to be a more well-rounded offensive player. He's very good on defense. He can he can distribute the ball, but dude, get a jump shot. It doesn't need to be a 30-footer. Just make an 18, 15, 12-foot jump shot and tell him to quit dating models. No, 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 no. Keep doing that. That seems like a very good idea. You think that's like that's what's making him better? Yeah, I don't think it's making you worse. I mean, well, Tom, he is Tom, worse after he started dating Kylie. Tom, well, stop dating Kardashians. Oh, Jenner's. that's true. Yeah, that's Earth. yeah, that's what it is. But uh, ask Tom Brady if dating the number one supermodel in the world has affected his winning streak. He also doesn't eat strawberries. Oh, that's what it is. Get rid of the strawberries, Ben. Simmons. It shouldn't be like that when you're only three, four months into the job. I mean, everything's supposed to be happy right now. You're not even playing a game. You're just trying to build the team. Everybody's winning in the offseason. Everybody's a genius in the offseason. So this just sounds like, quite honestly, Greeny, this was just messed up right from the get-go. That was man who renamed your dog and you're too scared to stop him, Lewis Riddick. Let me know if you've heard this before. New York Jets descend into dysfunction. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I have heard that before, yeah. This week, the Jets fired their GM and VP of player personnel with the backdrop of head coach Adam Gase, man with massive eyes, being a vocal critic of some off-season front office moves. Gase is frequently called a genius, but uh, he also is 23 and 25 as a head coach. Well, this dysfunction ultimately ruined Sam Darnold's career. 
Ooh, good question. Because yeah. it kind of happened with yeah. Alex Smith. Alex Smith's career wasn't ruined, but it was severely stunted by the fact that he had a million different yeah. offensive coordinators. Well, yeah, new new offensive coordinator. I think for the first six years of his career, he ended up with Jim Harbaugh, and then Jim Harbaugh replaced him with Colin Kaepernick. So, yeah, it definitely will slow down the career of Sam Darnold. I'm still not convinced Sam Darnold is going to be any better than Jeff George. Ooh. A lot of talent, a lot of talent there, Ooh. but uh, I don't... a spicy take. Well, listen, he... It, the, the compliment of of Sam Darnold last year was how well he responded to his first NFL pass being a pick six. He didn't get off to the best start. Oh, he looks like he's not afraid to fail. Okay, he's also good at failing, and he's playing for the Jets. Uh, I talked about it when you asked if the Cardinals were going to be the worst team in football, and I pointed to division. That is one of the things that has made it so easy for the Patriots to be so good is their division is dysfunction. Jets, Dolphins, Bills cannot figure out what to do right. Uh, so, yeah, it makes it a little tougher. Except Josh Rosen is now on the Dolphins, so we can expect pretty heated, heated battle you, in the AFC You have East. three of the top four quarterbacks from last year's draft in the division with Tom Brady. Yeah. Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Sam Darnold. Tom Brady's just going, oh, that was easy. All right, time for my favorite story of the week, and this one comes from where else? Florida. Hey, Florida. All right. You ready for this headline? No, never am. Well, you better. Oh, I'll get ready. Check this out. Police arrest man who claims playing basketball naked, quote, enhances his skill level. Wait, what now? Police arrest man who claims playing basketball naked, quote, enhances his skill level. At what? Basketball? Eh, it's not made clear. Okay. A Florida man was caught playing basketball naked at a public park, and he said he thought it would help improve his skills, according to police. A park employee said he saw a man playing basketball while in the buff at Candyland Park in Longwood. That's just coincidence. Sorry, wait, wait, real quick. Yes. Candyland Park in Longwood. Yes, uh, just coincidence. <laughs> just ignore it. Got it. In Longwood, Florida. Andy Land. Jordan Glenn Anderson, 29, was arrested and charged with indecent exposure of sexual organs. Ooh. Oh, hey, how about that? Uh, like that description. Yeah, I, I just, I, 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 this guy makes way too much sense. Oh, it's working for you? Yes, of course it does. If you're naked, no one wants to touch you, and you are getting free buckets all day. Well, but this is the thing that I'm curious about. Was he playing with somebody else? Well... Maybe he was practicing. Yeah, he's getting warmed up yeah. for the all-nude Olympics tryouts. Let me tell you something. When you play naked, you start out stiff, and then you loosen up a little bit, and, you know. Sorry, one more time. Uh, you know, when you when you play naked, uh, there's a lot of holes that you want to try to, you know, what? He's trying to fill a hole in his game. That's right. Yeah, no, he's, he's trying, trying to fill to... a hole in his game. Thank you. Thank you for that joke. Playing naked, increasing his skill. I, I wish I could come into work naked and tell him just like, hey, this is this is actually like this is the better version of me. Like when I play when I come in and do radio stuff naked, like it actually enhances my talking ability. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt that. But uh how do you know? Well you've never well, you've never seen me work naked. It's fair point. I did see you uh, uh bearing your midriff a lot yesterday, which was uncomfortable. Friday's just for people that, you know, don't know what goes on around this building, Friday is tiny T-shirt day for Will Darkens. That's right. And he wears the smallest T-shirt he can find, 
and then exposes uh, too much of him, his upper torso. I go to Baby Gap and get a 4X. Yeah, you do. It's yeah. it's it's uncomfortable for everybody else, and I feel like this is a good place to share that with you. It fits sort of. Like, if you've ever seen Mario Cristobal wear shirts, like, that's about what I look like. Wear shirts? Never seen him wearing a shirt. Never? No. No. All Every time I see Mario Cristobal, he's playing basketball naked. Where are you? Where, <laughs> where are you during the day? Candyland Park, Longwood, <laughs> Florida. I just love that he said that the, the excuse was it increases his skill. Uh, hey, buddy, buddy, we need you to come over and put on a, put on a towel over that. Uh, you're being arrested. Uh, what are you doing playing basketball naked? I'm just trying to increase my skills. Yeah. Let me tell you something. This is really where uh, I'm in my best environment. Uh, I'd like to imagine that it's like game point of like the park championships or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he just decides, he's like, give me a minute. He's ready playing skins, just goes tear away shorts and he's like all right let's do it game point everybody's like what are you doing increases my skills need a bucket here let's go i've always thought about this like what if what you've always thought about something related to naked basketball yes okay just checking i've always thought about this right so like what if one of the one nba player just totally lost it like just had a mental breakdown and like when they were coming out for warm-ups. Like, imagine Aminu did this. Like, they were all coming out for warm-ups, and Chief just came out in the buff with sneakers on. We've actually talked about this on the show, so you do always think about this. You've brought it up more than more than once. Like, what if, dude? Like, what if they, like, were jogging out, and all of a sudden, like, fifth in line is Aminu just straight nothing on except sneaks. Yeah. Just, just hanging and... And swanging. This has been Good versus Evil. It's brought to you by 808, the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 2454 East Burnside, or 52nd in Woodstock. We have a preview we need to get to of Game 3. You've got the Blazers against the Warriors. Does Will Darkens believe that the Blazers can win at home? You will find that out next. And then we'll get into a little baseball talk, and we do have to get into the Preakness. No, we have a poll on Twitter we need to get to. All of that in hour two of The Center and the Saint right here on 1080 The Fame. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.